Welcome to Divine Messy Human. I'm your host, Amanda Kate. This podcast is for the messily human, the ones who are trying their best and making mistakes. It is for those who want to embrace their messiness and learn to love it, realizing life gives us all lessons we need to learn. This is a space with no judgment, one where it is safe to show up as your whole authentic self and explore your mind, body, and soul. A word of warning, I can be a spiritual sailor, so if salty language offends, just cover your ears on occasion. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Divine Messy Humans, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a listener question for myself to answer. It was really lovely receiving this. I'm loving the feedback. So thank you guys so much. Those of you who have reached out, who've let me know which episodes are landing and why, and bringing some questions forward, because the more that I can build a community where I'm really helping answer your questions, the more I'm in service and living my purpose and my potential. I've lived a lot and I've learned a lot and bringing that lived experience and learned wisdom to you is what I'm here for. So any questions you have about being divine, messy, human, all of the above, please let me know, reach out and I'm always happy to answer the questions, to deep dive, to channel through what I need to channel through for you and hopefully help you to connect more to your divinity, love your messiness more and make your human experience more easy, graceful, divine. So... This listener wrote in and said they've listened twice to my Have You Ever Seen a Happy People Pleaser episode. And she didn't know how she got back on it a second time, but divinity often does that to us. And it is amazing when we listen back to things a second, sometimes even a third time. It's amazing what we miss the first time or what sparks our interest the second time or what different things come into our awareness, depending on where we were when we first listened, what we were wanting to gain out of it, and then how that experience changes the next time. I'm always amazed. I've just um, been doing a marketing course. And again, listening back to the episodes, it's crazy. I'm like, how did I miss that first time round? But the first time I got what I needed to, and the second time was the same. So I believe these messages truly do come through when we're ready to hear them. And it's the same thing. There are heaps of people, almost every spiritual teacher out there talks about the same stuff I do, but we all resonate with somebody differently because somebody might say exactly the same thing in a slightly different way. And all of a sudden it lands for us like it hasn't before. And that's why I always suggest go to different modalities, go to different teachers, listen to different things, because just putting it in a slightly different way can sometimes have that massive aha moment for you that brings some of the cogs together and allows you to make some massive shifts in your life. So back to the listener question from that episode, have you ever seen a happy people pleaser? Because I don't believe any people pleaser is truly happy deep down, mostly because when we're people pleasing, we are doing it from that place of inferiority. And that's a really important part to remember. I people please now because I love it, but I don't do it in a way that's detrimental to myself. I do it in a way that feeds me. I love over delivering when I see clients. I over deliver when I do courses. I over deliver in my business generally. 
I over deliver with my family. When I know that I need to pull back is when that people pleasing turns detrimental to myself. And that's where most people do people pleasing from. And it's only through years and years of spiritual and personal development that I've been able to tweak that into a different way of me expressing that people pleasing in the world. These days I can do it from a higher state of consciousness, which means that I'm tapping more into my quantum self, into my higher timeline self and giving from that place because in that place I have excess to give. I'm not giving it from my human self, which is limited, which is constrained by physicality. It is constrained by how much sleep I've had, how much energy I've got, how well I've fed and nourished my body. It's constrained by so many things. But when we're operating from the quantum field and from our higher timelines, giving and people pleasing and over delivering and everything feels effortless and easy. So the question is, when we do step back from our people pleasing, do we verbalize that to our usual people, the people who we've historically tried to please? Is expressing it another version of people pleasing? And I find this really, really fascinating. One, I love the awareness. I love the fact that this, that this listener has taken the information and started to ask questions. I always talk about asking questions in healing. I think there doesn't need to be an answer to the question. The questions help us get deeper and deeper with more and more questions and better questions that then lead us to the healing we need to do. So in terms of when we step back, I think again, this is such a nuanced answer. So I'm gonna give some different examples and hopefully you'll be able to pick up the one that you, that resonates most with you. So the first option is, yes, we can state our boundary. We can say to that person, look, I have been operating outside my realm of comfort for a long time, and I'm trying to put some boundaries in place so that I can operate more congruently to myself. I can give from the place that I have to give from, but because I've been giving so much, I don't have that capacity anymore. I've been giving from borrowed energy. And the way I think about that is we have a certain amount of energy for our life. And when we're operating, not as connected into heaven and earth energy, which I talk about a lot in my work, where we're connected deeply into our groundedness and we're connected into that heavenly energy. When we're connected like that, we are a conduit. We aren't using our physical human battery to power all of our actions in this world. But most people do not operate like that. It's kind of like they're cut off at the head and the feet and they're operating from what their physical capacity is. When we're operating from that physical capacity, what we're doing often is we are borrowing energy from other areas of our life to put into that thing that is draining us. So let's imagine it's people pleasing. Let's call it, I don't know, a school committee. And we're always saying, yes, 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 I'll do that. I'll help out. Yes, no problem. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I'll take on that role. When we are doing that, if you've used up all of the energy that you have in that silo, let's call it, for that committee, and you're still needing to find more and more and more to give, often we are borrowing that from other areas of our life. 
We are going into deficit. Maybe it's our family energy. Maybe it's our health energy. Maybe it's our relationship energy. Maybe it's our friendship energy. There will be something that has to give. And this is why I talk so much about tapping into this divine energy so that we can give from a better place, but also putting in boundaries. What is my job in this? What have I signed up for? What have I promised? Because often with people pleasing, we're looking for the external validation of our worth, of our good enough, of our self, our self-actualization through proving to everybody that we are capable, that we are worthy, that they cannot be without us. And we know that's a flawed premise, let's face it, because often that does get taken advantage of. So sometimes it is a good idea to speak up. Other times, and this is the one that I've found quite magical so many times, is working on those boundaries energetically. And that is where I will imagine my defined role and I will imagine a barrier between that and everything else that I'm being asked to do. And I crystallize that almost in that meditative state. I raise my standards. And if you haven't listened to the boundaries versus standards episode, go back and listen to that because this explains some of what I'm talking about here. If I raise my internal standard of how I want to be treated, of what I will deliver, of what is mine to deliver, and I truly own and embody that role, then it's an energetic mismatch. So often people won't ask you and it's it sometimes drops off the table without there ever needing to be a discussion which I find absolutely amazing I did this a lot through my divorce with my ex-husband I played with the energetic boundaries and I mean obviously with a narcissist it's a bit different sometimes I had to put them in place in mediation sometimes I had to bring them up with lawyers but a lot of the boundaries I put in were energetic and it was amazing for the first time ever because we had a distance between us. There was this unspoken thing. Some things just didn't happen anymore. And also I wouldn't allow other things to happen, which then fed into this, this change in behavior. But energetics can be an incredible way for you to set boundaries without needing to discuss it with anybody. It's worthy playing with that one first to see what results you get and then working out some of the other ways that you can do it. I think with some people, the verbal is definitely a must do because some people are really in that habit of taking advantage and they don't know they're taking advantage unless we go, hang on a minute. That's actually not my role. And if we are in a place of healed, congruent truth, we can say that very lovingly and firmly without creating any kind of conflict. I think the reason people sometimes don't want to speak up is because they think it will create conflict. That's actually not true. We it might create scratchiness. That's what I like to call conflict sometimes is that scratchiness. We've got to move through the scratchiness because we're two different people who have different ideas of where we're heading most of the time when this kind of thing comes up. And so what it is, is it's moving through that scratchiness, holding space for where the other person is, as well as holding our own space of what ground we are willing to take up, what ground we are willing to concede. And moving through to the other side where we have greater understanding, awareness, 
collaboration and connection with the person that we're talking to and working with. It's not about a win-lose situation. It truly is about that win-win. Sometimes it doesn't even need to be win-win. Sometimes it's just we get to the other side and it's just the way it needs to be. And then there's the times where we don't say anything. And I know this probably sounds a little bit crazy, but say with some of my friendships where boundaries have been crossed time and time again, I will do a bit of an assessment and what will it cost me to speak up? What will it cost me to stay silent? And how do I want to manage that energy? Sometimes what I have done is just gradually reduced contact and I only reach out every now and then, maybe sometimes if I've got the energy to, if I want to see if that relationship's changed, if I want to see if that energy has shifted so that we can try and repair or replenish that relationship. And so sometimes I do stay silent. And what I do is I give myself distance, one so that I can do more healing, anything that's activated or triggered me through that interaction. I'll do some extra healing on, and then I might reach out again and see where things are at. Sometimes it might be days, weeks, months, years, and I'll just reach out. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'd love to catch up. We catch up. The energy is still not great. I'll leave it a little bit longer next time. I'll do a little bit more work. But sometimes we have to admit that these relationships, friendships, whatever, were built on false premises anyway, or they were built on versions of ourselves that we're ready to let go of and emerge from into something different. So again, there's very different shades of nuance within this, do I or don't I tell them? There is this whole spectrum of what we can and can't do and not even can and can't do of, of the options available to us is probably the better way to state that. And so it's really feeling into what do you want the highest version of that interaction to look like? Have you outgrown the relationship? Is this a relationship that is important enough for you to fight for, to talk about? Is it worth you getting vulnerable enough to say, I'm making some changes and this is one of the things that I'm changing? We really need to do a bit of a values assessment before we then even decide that course of action. And ideally then tapping into the energy of all of that. We can envisage how we want those ideal interactions to to be. We can start putting that energy out to the universe as well. So there's a lot we can do both on the physical level and on the energetic level to be able to bring some harmony to this idea. And I realized for myself, a lot of those relationships where I was people pleasing weren't actually nourishing my soul. They were relationships I felt like I had to be in because of blood or because of longevity or because of history or whatever it is. And what I'd realized is I'd outgrown them and it wasn't worth the investment of my time and energy when I had some other fantastic people showing their faces in my life where it was easy. It was reciprocal. It was loving. It was caring. It was balanced. 
And that felt more nourishing to where I was and also to the growth that I know I'm still going to do in this life. I want those relationships that allow me to expand and really achieve my full potential. I don't want any relationships that don't have that desire for me. And I have that desire for all of the people that I interact with, even those I don't particularly like, I still want to see them achieve their full potential and go out and rock themselves in this world, because I think that's incredible. But I want to be surrounded by people that want that for me. The next bit of the question was like, do I or don't I tell someone that what they're doing or saying is not appropriate or appreciated? Life experience tells me others are not interested to or open to my narrative. So is it worthwhile? The first thing I pick up there is the story. My life experience tells me others are not interested to or open to my narrative. Now, what part of you is not open to your narrative? The other thing is we get to consciously choose. We have chosen everything we've done in our life so far in one way or another. We have made a choice. Even me staying in my marriage as long was a choice. I knew where the door was. I could have left every single day. The day I realized that was this mind blowing, holy crap moment because I was free to choose. I was free to walk out. I chose to stay. Now, whatever those reasons were, whatever those lessons are, I am grateful to that these days, but it's taken me a lot of work to get there. Think about the stories we are telling ourselves. My life experience. Well, you know what? You chose that life experience. There was a part of you who did not think that your narrative was interesting or worth being open to. And we make these excuses about ourselves at a deep level that don't actually need to be made. We get to consciously choose. So how do we consciously then choose that our narrative is valuable, that we as a human being deserve people around us who see us, who hear us, who understand us, who love us for all that we are, the shadow, the light and everything in between. It's us choosing to love ourselves, to know that we are valuable enough that what we say does matter. My old story still rears its head. I don't matter. I don't matter. I don't matter. And you know when it does? It's because I have fallen back into that people-pleasing mode. I have taken my people-pleasing from this beautiful, light, wonderful quality of mine, and it's gone into the darkness because I'm not using universal source energy. I'm using my physical body energy, and that's not sustainable. So really picking yourself up on that story of life experience tells me that this is the truth. There is no ultimate truth. The only truth we have is what we are living right now. And even that is a sum of all of the choices we've made before. How do we take those choices and put them into the highest timeline we can imagine of our existence? So whatever we are doing now, I know, for example, that our birthright is abundance. So every day I tap into that abundant energy. And when I'm walking the beach with my dog, I literally want for nothing. I have my dog. I have the beach. I have fresh air. I have connection to nature. I walk up the beach. I get my chai. I am so grateful. And in that moment, I want for nothing. And during 
each day I tap into a hundred of those. Those moments where I'm eating a beautiful dinner like last night that I cooked that was super cheap and simple but so delicious and especially for a cold winter's evening was warm and nourishing. I couldn't want for anything else in that moment. I was a mental billionaire in that moment. And the more we can tap into that truth of our soul, that is the only truth that matters. That we are wildly abundant, that we are here for a purpose. And the more we can tap into that purpose, the more we start to realize that our narrative does matter. Because that is what directs our course. And when we choose to tap into the highest timeline of our potential, we are making a different choice. We are acting as if that highest timeline is here now, which means we are tapping into a different frequency altogether. And it makes phenomenal change in our life. So that's the first part of that bit. The do I or don't I tell someone that what they're doing or saying is not appropriate or appreciated? I would say yes. I had somebody come up to me at a networking event and grab my upper arms from behind and make this, I thought, inappropriate comment. I stepped away. I gave a bit of an energetic burst to blast them off. And had I had more time, I would have said, you do not touch me like that. Now, I didn't in that moment because the moment wasn't actually long enough. But I know the next time it happens, because I'm seeing the same person in a number of weeks, those words will come out of my mouth. I don't have a problem telling people that they've crossed a line with me. I have firm boundaries. And if you do not ex um, honor and acknowledge the boundary that I have in place, I will tell you that you're not honoring and acknowledging it. I will do it with love. And then I will do it with firmness. And eventually I will do it by removing myself from the situation where it just cannot bother me anymore. But energetically, I also do that work to raise myself to a vibration where those things do not come in anymore. So again, there's a bit of nuance there. Which bits do we do energetically? Which bits do we say out loud? Often with my partner, I will put the actual boundary out verbally as well as energetically because then I'm really stating this is what I want and I'm being clear about it. The other part that's just come in is that I think often we think that other people are mind readers and so we keep some of our stuff hidden away and unspoken because we expect other people to know what we're thinking, know what we're feeling know that, for example, in those people-pleasing situations that we're taking on too much, so how dare they give us more? But unless we speak up and say, I'm at capacity, a lot of people won't know. They won't know what our capacity is, especially if we've had a history of proving that we can over-deliver. And so the more we over-deliver, the more people expect we can over-deliver, and that boundary again gets pushed and pushed and pushed. So also, I think speaking it into clarity is the kindest thing that we can often do. It's allowing ourselves to really honor ourselves and the other person by making sure that we're on the same page. Think about plans that you make with a friend. If they are loose plans 
and you're both on different pages, it leads to cross wires. It leads to wrong expectations. It leads to all sorts of misunderstandings and miscommunication. Whereas if you are both clear in your communication, you both know what's going on. You both know, you know, say what time to meet, where to meet, how to meet, you know, all of those little bits and pieces all kind of tie together. So think about the fact that as Brené Brown says, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So choosing when we need to be really clear, when we need to communicate very clearly where we're at and when we're not. I use the example, it was really early in my practice and I realized this thing about my children not being mind readers. Shocker, right? (laughs) And I'd walk in from clinic having had a really long day. I'd be tired. I'd be, you know, struggling. I was a single mom. I was building a business. I was still studying full time. I had all of this stress and pressure and I was still going through divorce as well. So there was a lot going on. I would walk in from work and I'd get grumpy with the kids because I'd had a really long day. And I just had this awareness that is really damn unfair to them. Really fucking unfair. They don't know what my day's been like. They don't know why all of a sudden I'm snappy and shouty with them. And I started coming in and saying to them, look, darlings, I've had a really long day today and I'm tired. I don't have a lot left in my tank. I may need your help tonight. And if I do, I'll ask for it. But if you guys can just help me out by, you know, being not good, that wasn't the word I used, but, you know, by just honoring the fact that I'm exhausted and that my temper's a bit shorter than usual. And it was really interesting. If I did ask them to help out, they did it without complaining because they knew when I came in, I'd set that standard. I'd set that expectation and the knowledge for them. They then knew I was tired. They then knew what I needed for myself to not lose my temper. And it was interesting. There were only a couple of times, weirdly, after stating that, that I did lose my temper. And it was usually because one of the kids was tired as well and they were pushing and, you know, it gets into that push, push back, push, push back. And what the other kid would invariably go, she did warn you she was tired. And it just, it took all of the arguing out of it because it was like, oh yeah, hang on, we're both tired. And there was this grace that came from that knowingness of where we were each standing. And it also taught my kids that it's okay to say I'm tired. Even these days, I mean, they're a bit bigger now. They're a lot more self, self-sufficient, self-reliant. I'll say to them, they come in on a Friday. I haven't seen them all week. I do miss them terribly. But if I've had a long week, I'll say to them, look, I've made dinner. I'm going to eat with you all now, but after dinner, I'm going upstairs. I'm going to have a bath. I'm going to read a book and I'll see you tomorrow because I'm not fit for human consumption. I take myself out of the situation so that they're not having to put up with that less me version of me. I'm not shortchanging them on what they're getting. Instead, they know that the next day they're going to get a better mum. And actually, a number of times you can guarantee that when they know that I'm in bed with my book, they will come up, they'll sit on the end of the bed and we will have a beautiful chat because I'll have actually felt relaxed enough to then have that conversation with them. 
So it was a pretty long answer to all of those pieces, but I hope I've been able to tease out a few of the different options and to give you some questions to think about in that. People pleasing is a huge part of our lives. Men and women both do it. We do it in different ways. We do it with different results. But it is a huge problem in today's society where we put ourselves at the bottom of the ladder and we put everyone else up on this pedestal and we sacrifice ourselves. We fall on our own swords to make everybody else happy. And I think the more that we can address this, the easier our life becomes. And I know because I'm living that path, I've walked that path and I am healing that path. So sending you all love until next time. Remember, we are all connected to the divine. We are all messy as hell. And the more we can love and accept our divinity, the easier our human experience becomes. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Divine Messy Human. I am always learning new ways of being, unlearning my old conditioning and repatterning my beliefs to serve myself and others to the highest degree possible. The opinions and beliefs expressed in this podcast are mine and all my guests from personal and learned experience. Please use your own discernment and take what resonates, leaving the rest. I am constantly evolving and ready to implement new ideas. Harm is never intended. If you loved this podcast, please share, rate and review. Every little bit helps. And if there's a topic you'd like me to cover, please reach out through email or messenger. Sending you love, healing and blessings.